He goes and gets wings and throws them on the board. Listen, man, this guy's breaking <laughs> barriers down. You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Leafs Lunch is brought to you in part by Two for One Pizza. It's Two for One Tuesday. Enjoy plant-based garden pesto pizza, pizza and wings, pizza and penne combo, and more. Visit twoforonepizza.com. Hour two of Leafs Lunch coming at you. Julia Tashari and Mike DiStefano will be joined by Marty B. Raw in a few minutes, a Sabres analyst, our TSN hockey analyst. Uh, and, you know, maybe it's appropriate, A.B., since, since we're about to bring a goalie in. We were, just before the break, rattling off... Uh, who, who, who is your Leafs MVP for the season? And feel free to chime in with, with your contribution to this conversation. Text us at 10.50.50 or tweet us at least lunch 10.50. You know, we're kind of shooting Willie back and forth, JT back and forth. You brought up Geo and everything that he's done to step up for the Leafs and when their defensemen were dropping like, like flies for, <laughs> for that period of time. Uh, that's hopefully over as I knock on this plastic <laughs> desk. Um, is there some love to be given to Ilya Samsonov and the way that he stepped up, specifically in this last... Like, he's about to make his eighth consecutive start. If you ask the Leafs at the beginning of the season if they thought either one of their goalies would make... Sorry, am I right on that? Is it eight consecutive starts or appearances? Uh, he, either way. I mean... I don't know. I rattled it off really confidently, yeah. so let's go with that. Uh, he's played in eight straight games. If you asked a Leafs executive or Curtis Sanford or Matt Murray or Ilya Samsonov at the beginning yeah. of the year, neither one of them probably would have predicted that either one of these dudes was going to start eight in a row. And no. if they did, it probably wasn't a good sign. Or maybe a really good sign. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it would have been a good no. sign. I, that, Even that if one of these guys was, were crushing it, the hope was that they were going to continue to go back and forth. Well, what I I think that the, the conversation that would have happened, if, if someone said, well, what what's the scenario on which a goaltender plays eight straight, I think the scenario that unfolded is probably what was said. Correct. Matt Murray gets injured, yeah. and Samsov has to take on the bulk of the load. That's what. That's probably what the conversation would have been like. So obviously they weren't hoping for that to happen. Like the, the hope was that both these guys could stay healthy and they could have rebound seasons after a tough season in their you know Ottawa for Murray and yep. Washington for Samsonov. And, you know, at times it's been really good for both of these guys. Like, it's been a little up and down. Like, Samsonov went through that one spell where it was like, oh, what's going on here? It's like six games yeah. in a row where he's, you know, like a sub-nine goaltender. But he's flattened things out. And when you look at it on the year, he's got 24 games played, a 917 save percentage, a 231 goals against. Very respectable numbers. And he's definitely stepped up big this last little bit since Murray's little fiasco he had in Florida. And then ultimately, you know, on able to play the other night in in uh in uh, against ottawa and now he's just playing well he's gonna have a big big game tomorrow against boston huge huge and it'll be joseph wall the ahl all-star backing him up tomorrow night versus the bruins who are gonna come in like a like a pack of wild animals they're not gonna want to lose again like bruins yeah bears bears right okay with that let's bring in marty viron our sabers analyst and our tsn hockey analyst marty how's it going Good. So I, I decided to go through my list of top goaltenders on Canadian teams on Talking Point on TSN.ca today. And yeah. my, 
My mentions on Twitter have never been any better, so that's good. Okay. What? Uh, all right. Give us give us the skinny on what you found out about the Toronto Maple Leafs goaltenders. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about them recently. Sam Saw's playing well. Clearly, the injury with uh, with Matt Murray. Um, what did you conclude about the Leafs goaltending situation? And what has people the angriest? <laughs> okay. Well, that exactly is where I think people are the angriest is because. I put Connor Hellebuck number one, which he should be. There's nobody in Canada on Canadian teams that are better. And really, you could argue that Connor Hellebuck is second in the NHL to Linus Hallmark. So, number one is Connor Hellebuck. And then I went with Stuart Skinner number two, just because I really feel like the Oilers play with so much confidence when Stuart Skinner is in net. Um, He looks big to me. He's really grown this year in how he plays the game. So, I feel like he's number two, and then I put Ilya Samsonov number three, and I think that's where people were like, wait a second, you have Skinner ahead of Samsonov, look at the record, look at what Samsonov's been able to do, uh, the Leafs, you know, they usually struggle defensively, well, I'm like, well, to be honest with you, the Leafs have been better defensively this year, yeah. um, and the Oilers also have somehow shown better numbers when you look at the expected goals against, so... Uh, you know, so I think that's where everybody kind of got cut off, is Skinner and Samsonov and where I had them. I did have Dan Vladar, Fort, and then Samuel Montembeau, five, just because I feel of late Montembeau's played really well with the Canadians. Uh, they're not a good team, but he's really pulled his, his weight, and he's got a 500 record with a bad team. That's pretty good, but... I feel like the Skinner and Samsonov thing really took people by surprise. <laughs> that does take me a little bit by surprise. Although, one's going to beat the All-Star game this weekend. One hey, that's a good point. So, I mean, that's a little feather in your cap there, Marty. One is an All-Star, the other is not. So, I mean, that's that that's got to yeah, mean voted, something. Voted by the fans is different. <laughs> so, you know, it's like when they say, oh, this guy has made it to the NFL Pro Bowl. Yeah, he's only made it there because... 12 people ahead of that player uh, decided not to go, right? I mean, he wasn't selected to the Pro Bowl. He just happens to play in the game. So that's a different thing. But I look at the Oilers and and what Skinner was able to do when Jack Campbell was really struggling and looking to find his game. And Skinner kept them going and kept them afloat. And I feel there's a confidence factor there. Um, and again, with Skinner, it's all eye test, right? Like his save percentage is okay. Um, his his win loss record is is good, not great. I think he's thirteen ten and two, or whatever. But for me, the eye test with Stuart Skinner has me intrigued and encouraged, and that's why I got him at number two. We're chatting with Marty Baron, our TSN hockey analyst and uh, former goaltender in the National Hockey League. I want to ask you about uh, Ilya Samsonov. You know, a guy who's uh, going into his eighth straight appearance tomorrow night. He in his last seven though, playing pretty well. A nine twenty-five since coming in relief for Matt Murray uh, a couple of weeks ago in Florida. But how careful do you think they need to be with his workload in Murray's absence? He's only played a career-high 43 games. That was a year ago. Like, Do they need to kind of watch on the, the games limit here in, while Murray's kind of out of commish? 
Um, I don't think it's a concern right now because the Leafs have won games, uh, you know, against the Bruins, and then they go into their all-star break by week. There's plenty of rest to be happened. And then when you come back from the, you know, the bye week, um, you're well-rested. So if they need to push Samson up a little bit more, then they can. Long-term, for me, the month of March is going to be the most grueling month uh, in the National Hockey League this year for all the teams. Um, you know, playing 14, 15 games in a month uh, of 31 days is, is a lot of games every other day for a whole month and April. So that's where I think the Leafs are going to have to be careful if they were to overuse Samsonov. But right now, I'm not worried about it. And in the month of February, coming out of the bye week, I wouldn't be worried about it either. And to be honest with you, like most goaltenders, they want to play. Yeah. They're going to say, I want to play, put me in that now. I understand that there's uh, what you think you can do and what you actually can do. So there needs to be some rest time. Uh, there need to be some days off at practices and all of it. Uh, but I would think when you get to March is really when you have to be really concerned if he plays as much as he has lately. Well, I was really happy to get you on today specifically because I wanted to ask you about something because you did uh, an unbelievable like year to year where you went from playing 22 games in your rookie season and then you played 72 games the following year. That workload increased 50 games, which is absolutely unbelievable. I mean, how difficult was that for you to have that type of increased workload after one season? And is there anything that you know you could do to prepare for that type of workload? Well, first of all, like that happened because uh, the Sabres traded Dominic Hasek, right? So it's like, <laughs> oh, I got an opportunity. I'm going to take it, right? I wasn't going to tell him, hey, that's too much. But I do remember a meeting after that season with my agent and Darcy Regeer was the general manager of the Sabres at the time. And we were talking about my contract moving forward. And my agent said to Darcy, he says, listen, Marty can't play 72 games every year. And I looked over to him, I'm like, shut up. Like, I want to play 72 <laughs> games every year. Like, what are you talking about? And he's like, no, 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 it's not good long term. Uh, so that's one of the things that you have to be mindful you could push for one season, but over a long-term period, it's not good. Although it was also a different time where Marty Brodeur played 70 games. You know, Curtis Joseph played a lot. Ed Belfort played a lot. Patrick Roth played a lot. So it was happening more often. It is not anymore. But the jump from 20-some games to 70 games physically is not that hard. Physically, really? you're well-prepared. You practice every day, you know, you may feel tired, but not any different that you would in a regular, you know, season where you may play only 40 or 45 games. It's mentally that is hard, right? It's having to prepare every game, having to, you know, the rest, um, your body gets, could continue playing, but your mind kind of sometimes goes, you know, a wire and you start giving up weak goals and, you have to battle through that. Um, so that's mentally that I feel is much more demanding than physically when you make that jump. Which is pretty encouraging because it, it seems like Samson is a pretty like mentally tough guy. Like He's battled through some stuff, yeah. and it seems like in the post-game press conferences, at the very least, he exudes, it, it seems as though he's this way. He seems pretty upbeat and positive, even when things aren't necessarily going well, which is you know something I guess you would want to see in a goaltender. Yeah, and, and the thing is with Samsonov, where I was always, 
encouraged with his, uh, you know, coming to the Maple Leafs this year was I think he has a high ceiling. He hasn't shown that ceiling yet because I felt, number one, he was very immature in Washington, and number two, he dealt with injuries. So those two things for me were two red flags coming into the season. Um, look, he dealt with injuries again this year, so that red flag is still there. But mentally, I feel like he's shown a level of maturity that I had not seen before. Even a level of composure in games where instead of being erratic and chase the game and, and show you know, his frustration sometimes within the game, he's shown calmness. He's shown control. So, again, that is mental uh, maturity. Physically, I mean, if he's banged up here and there and has to miss some games, it's going to happen. And some, it happens more than others. But mentally, I've seen a really, really strong move forward with him this season. So, on the flip side of things, Marty, what did you think on, on Friday night? How did you evaluate that whole situation when, I don't know if you saw it on, all unfold, but it was supposed to be Murray going in, Samsonov was supposed to get yeah. the day off, and then warm-up, he pulls shoot against his, his old team in the Senators. Uh, and, and not for the first time this season, worth noting, and apparently it goes back a little bit further when it comes to his, his uh, former teams. What did you make of the whole situation? Uh, it was concerning, obviously, because originally everybody thought it was a high shot by Nylander and warm-up. And I'm thinking that was a wrist shot from the blue line. Like, it couldn't have hurt Matt Murray that he can't play. There has to be something else there. So, you know, there's a couple of things that come to mind. One, as the athlete, if you're not 100%, like, you have to voice that to your team, right? You can't say, no, I'm good to go, I'm good to go, and then in warm-up, I'm not good to go anymore. Like, I, I really don't like the position that it puts the rest of your team and your goalie partner in. So that aspect to me is on Matt Murray. The other side of it is uh, the team probably could have handled it better. And I could sense Sheldon Keefe's frustration after the game when he said, we put Samsonov in a terrible, terrible position and there was a frustration level with, with Sheldon Keefe. But again, I'm saying, okay, well, why is Matt Murray not playing? Could you have at least elaborate on it that night and said, look, Matt Murray's been dealing with a lingering issue, lower body, ankle. Um, he thought he was good. Our doctor's study was good, but it didn't click and warm up. He felt some pain, couldn't go. Like that would have really alleviate a lot of the the chatter, right, about Matt Murray and about what happened. And yeah. I feel like the more and more you're up front with the media and the fans, as, as much as you can, the better it is. And I felt like this was left in limbo after the game Friday night, enough for everybody and, and myself to speculate as to what would have happened. We're chatting with Marty Baron, MSG Sabres analyst. And I want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, the team that you cover down in Buffalo. Because um, we finally had a trade go down yesterday. Um, one less for you guys to, to analyze and talk about on March 3rd, <laughs> but is what it is. Um, Bo Horvat going to the Islanders, which is a team that the Sabres are kind of in a wild card battle with right now. Do, is, yeah. is there any talk in the market today about there being some pressure on Kevin Adams to maybe make a splash as a, a bit of a response deal to do something to kind of keep up with New York in this playoff race? Yeah, the fan base is split 50-50 here in Buffalo. I feel there's a lot of impatience with, you know, 11 years without playoff appearances or 
I think we be it's at 12 now, but you know, I've lost count because it's been over a decade and there's a statute of limitation on that. But the biggest thing is there's a ton of fans that are buying into Kevin Adams' vision and what the team has been able to do this year and the patience approach, right? The patient approach with Erasmus Dallin for a couple of years now, with Owen Power, with Jack Quinn and J.J. Paterka and a lot of the youngsters, uh, with Tate Thompson. And look at what Tate Thompson is doing this year. So I feel like it's split 50-50 right now. Now, you're right. The Borovat deal is going to put a little bit more pressure on the Sabres. Uh, the Florida Panthers, in my opinion, are going to do something, and they're buying the Sabres right now, and they're going to be in that wild-card battle. Pittsburgh and Washington uh, could always add because they're in a wild-card spot. So that's where the pressure comes from. It's not just from the New York Islanders. It's the fact that there is five teams right now that are legitimately battling for, a, for two playoff spots, and that's where the pressure is coming from. Yeah, the wild card race is going to be crazy uh, down the stretch here. So to you, Marty, what does a perfect trade deadline or a very successful trade deadline look like for the Buffalo Sabres this year? Well, the one thing that worries me is how the Sabres look without Matthias Samuelson. When they went through their eight-game losing streak, Matthias Samuelson was hurt. He's missed the last two. They've been able to play well. Uh, but that's also because Dalene and Power are being relied upon so much. But... Um, I, I have a, I, I have some doubts that a player like Samuelson that plays the way that he does with blocking shots and more physical would remain healthy for the rest of the season in that playoff push. So what is an ideal trade deadline kind of maybe add for the Sabres would be somebody on defense that could help not just in the short term but maybe in the long term. If you were to roll out Dallin, Power, Samuelson, Yoki Aryu, and then somebody else. I don't know that I would go Jacob Chikrin-like, but there has to be a defenseman out there that could fit the mold with the Sabres and would work well. So that is, that is where my focus would be if I was the Buffalo Sabres. I'd let the Fords develop. They have some great youngsters as well, not just on the Sabres, but Matt Savoy who was a first-round pick last year, Yuri Kulik, who was great with Czechia, the World champion, world Junior Championship, and uh, a lot more in Rochester. So I think they're okay up front. I would add a defenseman. You think they'd sniff around on a goalie, perhaps? Uh, Farhan Lalji was on Jay Onright show last night and did say that he's hearing some buzz that uh, Demko could be on the market, potentially. I think Buffalo would be a pretty good fit. I mean, if you're looking at, you know, Thatcher Demko in his best days, yeah, I think he would be an upgrade over so many uh, number one in the NHL right now. I really like Thatcher Demko. But the injury and, the, you know, the bad performances of early in the season mm. makes me think that, well, I don't know that I would want to jump in there. And the crease is pretty crowded in Buffalo right now. They're not going to do anything with Craig Anderson. It's most likely his last NHL season. He, they love him here, his, his maturity, his leadership. Uh, and then you have Eric Comrie and Uko Pekalukinen to, you know, not just do right now, but for the future of the team. So I don't see the Sabres making a move in net. Um, although, I mean, they may make some phone calls, but I really don't see it happening. Uh, if they can bolster up the defense, they're a team that score a lot of goals. Uh, they're going to keep more, you know, marching that way. 
If only they were able to hold on to Lena Solmark, huh? Oh, man. If only, if only. Well, they tried. Yeah. They tried. And, you know, they thought they had a deal. And then Lena was like, no, I want another year, apparently, or I want more money. And then it went the wrong direction. So I don't think the Sabres, uh, you know, let him go. I think it was more an all-mark decision. And really, listen, he's having a fantastic year, but so does Jeremy Swayman. So uh, yeah. Boston is a, you know, a oh. fantastic team. Powerhouse. Absolute powerhouse. All right, before we let you go, uh, we're going to do a dis or dat with you, Marty. Okay. Okay. So we've been talking about Leafs team MVPs. So uh, dis or dat. Tage Thompson or Rasmus Adaline, who's been the Buffalo Sabres MVP to this point? I'm going to say Rasmus Dahlin, although mm. it's hard to go against the goal scoring Tage Thompson, but, but what Dahlin's been able to do for me, um, he's my 1B in the Norris discussion right now. Eric Carlson 1A and Dahlin 1B, so I say Dahlin MVP. Love it. Absolutely love it. It's it's incredible the season that both of those guys are having. I think I saw Tage Thompson on pace for 57 goals this Crazy. year. It's absolutely asinine, the, the season that that guy's having. Uh, really appreciate taking time to join us. As always, Marty, we'll, uh, we'll catch up again down the road. Absolutely. Thanks again, guys. All right. There he goes. Marty Baron, former NHL goaltender, uh, MSG analyst for the Sabres, TSN goaltending analyst here uh, with... This network, <laughs> nice. Um, it's it's. I found it interesting though that he said going from twenty two to seventy two games that physically. Yeah, that's such a hockey player response. Marty Baron just like, fully well, hockey playered us. Well, he did, <laughs> but the same. Like, why would he? I mean, there's no reason kidding. for him. Obviously, to, the mental. To that was an interesting note that the mental grind becomes difficult day after day. Yeah, because you people talk about the physical toll of playing. Like over sixty games for NHL goaltenders. Yeah, like just being like in the position, having to go down, and like it's just it's it's a lot for him. And and he said, well, it's it's more the mental that's actually the situation. So if that's the case, and we look at Ilya Samsonov, and and you know, like I was saying, to Marty, I, I feel like he's shown us that he's a, a pretty, you know, he's a pretty mentally strong human being. Mm-hmm. You know, like he he knows that he went through. You know, a situation in Washington, and, and maybe it humbled him a little bit. And he's taken this this year; it's a one year uh, prove it deal with Toronto, and he's running with the opportunity. Yeah. And not to say that he's going to play seventy some odd games, but you know, at the beginning of the year, we thought fifty fifty split. If he plays, you know, forty games, that's perfect. Forty, forty three, whatever it is. Now you're looking, okay, Matt Murray's out. Maybe he becomes the guy a little bit more. Can he stretch it to a fifty fifty five game and still be good enough? And healthy enough and rested enough to play in the playoffs. But that's that's ultimately the big question that we're going to have. And uh, you know, if if he's mentally strong enough to to deal with that and prepare himself for that type of grind, yeah, he might he might be perfectly fine. Might not be as big as an issue as as uh, some of us thought it might be. Because he wants to be like he's a young guy. Matt Murray is a guy that you look at and you're like, there's no chance that he could play over. 40 games, 35 games in a season. Especially if you look at the Claire Hanna photo. Oh, Jesus. You're so funny. (laughs) Uh, But Samsonov is younger. He, like you said, is coming coming off a very... He's at the age where goaltenders have their find-themselves, come-to-God kind of moments in the NHL. 
Um, twenty six next month. Yeah, he he's kind of in that era. So who knows? To to be Ron's point, who knows what his ceiling looks like? Maybe he is a guy that that can grind and play day in day out. We're we're seeing it right now, and he's doing a good job. Eight games, I know, small sample size, but we we don't really know what his ceiling looks like, and he. Just based on the way he came to Toronto, he wanted a prove-it deal. Maybe he thinks he is a not even a 1A, a, a, a true starter in the NHL. Well, look, he was drafted as a first-round pick. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Clearly, the, the talent... You don't draft there, 1As so. in the first round. No, you don't. I mean, you barely draft goalies in the first round yeah. in, in today's age. So, you know, clearly there's, there's once upon a time, he was the sparkle of the eye of, you know, uh, goalie scouts out there. And, and, you know, now he's finally figuring it out, right? Like, this was relatively the same age that Marchman figured it out. And, right. You know, many goaltenders go down the list of guys mid to late 20s, they figure things out. And, and hopefully uh, this is, you know, the season where, where Samson is breaking out. And that would that mean really good things. Really good things would be really convenient for the Maple Leafs. I think we're going to get back into this conversation on the other side as well. Because we've got good call, bad call coming up. There's a goalie chat to be had and uh, much, much more discourse around the hockey world. So that's what's coming up here on Leafs Lunch. You're here listening to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. Now, back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. It's time for Good Call. After reviewing the play, we got a goal. Or Bad Call. So, we're on straight here. On Leafs Lunch. All right, A.B. Time for our fun, interactive activity of the day. You and me, here on Leafs Lunch, going to play some good call, bad call. You didn't laugh at fun, interactive activity. It's like our, like our playtime. Sure. <laughs> During our our lunch this is where we get to play a game and see if things are a good call or a bad call. Oh, we'll get right back into the chat we were having about goalies mm-hmm. with Marty Buran on the other side. The Maple Leafs will remain the same tandem. Sorry. The Maple Leafs will remain with the same tandem of Samsonov and Murray at the start of next season. I don't even know what I'm going to have for breakfast. I don't even know what I'm going to have for dinner. Actually, <laughs> even better, it's one thirty-two, and I don't have a lunch plan. Yeah, me either. Actually, I might go grab some soup. Yeah, from, you said uh, it's a beef barley day, so yeah. I might be swayed by the soup. Well, nine channel nine soup action for lunch. Very good. I'm going very to soup good. Date after okay. after our show. Okay. Um, However, um. I, I liked what Marty said in terms of the Mar- the month of March is going to be very indicative of how this shakes out. However, however, there is a potential that like this is something I could see happening that's a little bit outlandish. Okay. Samsonov, regular season, crushes it, mm-hmm. crushes it, crushes it, kind of establishes himself as one uh, A in everybody's minds. And then playoff time comes around and Matt Murray turns into a playoff murderer. So that's something I can see happening. Just because he has the postseason experience and like so so maybe my point in, in saying this is I have no goddamn idea who the Leafs are gonna have between the pipes next season. Uh and a lot of it is gonna hinge on the next on the next month, month and a half here leading into the trade deadline. I just don't see it happening. No, yeah, it's a bad call for me. Okay, 
It's a bad call for me, ultimately. I just... Oh, are you thinking Joseph Wall graduates into an NHL netminder next season? There is potential of that. Okay. So here's, here's a couple of... All right, here's a few different avenues that, that I took Talk to me. What did you to. think about like my weird theory that like Samsonov kills it in the regular season and then something happens in the postseason where Matt Murray goes in and <sighs> makes a run of it? I want to believe that so bad. It's not that I even believe that. I'm just... <laughs> I think that this is... A really preemptive question. I don't know if Matt Murray. I don't know if Matt Murray is the same goaltender that he was when he was winning Stanley Cups back with the Pittsburgh Penguins. I just don't know if yeah. he's if he's that guy anymore. Ultimately, like I, I just, you know, is he is he going to be sure healthy? That we clip that. Is he going to be healthy in case we need it in the future? Yeah, I hope I'm wrong again. Yeah. I love being wrong when I'm criticizing totally. these players. And these, I do. I, I hope that I'm wrong when I say these things. But look, ultimately, I don't know how much trust you can have in Matt Murray. The problem is he's the goaltender that's under contract next year. Like Samsonov's going to need a, a new deal. He's a restricted free agent, and if he does become the team's one A, let's say they win a round, a couple rounds, like what's that going to cost to retain him to bring him back into the fold? I would imagine they'd extend that qualifying offer of one point eight million. But then what's it going to cost to actually get him under contract and yeah. make him the guy when you already have, what, 4.6 or something like that allotted to Matt Murray? Now, I am of the belief that if they realize, okay, Ilya Samsov could be our guy, if he proves that he could be the guy this season, if he takes on this, this role that he's taking on right now and he you know, turns out that, okay, he could play 50-some-odd games in a season, he could play in the playoffs, I think their priority this offseason would be to unload that contract. Yeah. Right, you unload that contract, and to your point, Joseph Wall could potentially be a guy. He does require na- waivers next season, so like you got to make your decision on Joseph Wall. Is he a guy you think could be an NHL goaltender and a cheap option? I didn't realize that there was NHL kind of that goalie. deadline on Joseph Wall next there year. There is, so he requires waivers next year. So there's no way you can have all three of these guys. Okay, so that Joseph Wall information actually cha- sways me to bad call because now it feels like it's an audition of okay, which one of these two guys are we sticking with? And maybe Joseph Wall becomes our, our backup next year. If we want to look half half full, right? Glass half full. This Murray injury gives him an opportunity to maybe get a, a little sniff at, at Joe Wall at the NHL level. You're right. We've seen him in the AHL. He's an AHL All-Star. Yeah. He's like 13-14-1 this year with like a 9-28 save percentage. It's been fantastic since coming back He's from that injury. It. Absolutely. But what can he do at the NHL level? Because we've seen guys, I think, uh, who brought it up yesterday? MJ said Garrett Sparks was like a, an MVP. I saw him signed with the Orlando Solar Bears the other day. And now he's in the East Coast League. So, Kicking like, it. there's a big difference between the American League and the National Hockey League. So, I, you know, in a way, it'll be nice if he gets a couple of starts. And, you know, there was a back-to-back right away against Columbus when they come back on February 9th and 10th. Assuming that Matt Murray's unable to go, Joe Wall's going to get one of those starts. And it'll be a good opportunity to see what he's got. So I believe that they're probably, um, they're not going to go with the, I think it'll be two of three of Samsonov, Murray, or Joe Wall, but it's not going to be Samsonov and Matt Murray. I think either one of two things happen. They are forced to have to roll with Murray again, in, in which case, don't know if they can afford Samsonov. And, you know, maybe they can either try and move his right somewhere, get a, a draft pick, something or um, they can get out from Murray's contracts, give up an asset, whatever it takes to do that, and they roll with Sam Snob and Joe Wall as your tandem next year. Okay. Very interesting. You know, that that bit about Joe Wall really did sway me, sway me there. I didn't realize that was the case with him. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, I mean, that's the, they like Joe Wall. 
I don't like, blame they, him. They've, he, they've given, they've spent a lot. He's a former third round pick, and again, he's at that age now. I think twenty four, twenty five, where it's like goalies start to see the light. Well, yeah, you know, it's and it seems like he's starting to. Very, so the very interesting. William Nylander will finish as the team's leading scorer mm. at the end of the season. Goal scorer? I assume this means goal scorer? Yeah, goal scorer. So he has 28 right now. Austin with 25. JT, 21. Mitchie Marnes, 18. I'm going to assume it's a two-horse race. Yep. Right. Austin Austin, and Willie. Those, those are the two guys. If this really comes down to how long Matthews is going to be out for. If it's a minimum six weeks, we know that we looked at it, or um, three, three weeks, weeks yeah. it was six games that he would miss. So in those six games, can Nylander build on that lead enough where it's almost tough for Matthews to come back? Uh, but then again, we see Matthews going to that I hate betting against Austin Matthews, especially in the back half of the season when he gets hot when and he'll be rested when he comes back to AB, so, so he'll be healthy. Um... I'm I'm gonna go with good call. I think this is Willie's year to to be the guy for the Leafs. He, it's a, it's blasphemous that he won't be at the All Star game, but like I've mentioned before, he probably is pleased to go to Turks and Caicos or, or Cabo or wherever <laughs> he's jetting off to following yeah. the Bruins game tomorrow night in, in Toronto. I, I think I'm gonna go with good call here. I think this is Willie's year. I'm gonna play devil's advocate. Yeah. It's not really the devil. Like Austin Matthews going on a tear is, you know, something that we've been begging well, yes. for all year. Yes. So you're kind of like an angel whisperer, but okay. I, Whispering I, angel, I'm, my I'm, favorite I'm, bottle of rosé. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, I I think like when when Austin Matthews comes back, and again, this is a perfect time for him to be out because he only misses six games, three weeks, but with the All Star break and uh, the the bye week, it's only six games that he's actually missing. Assuming he does come back after that three week timeline, it, it, is this. This theory is based on the assumption he returns after those after those three weeks and uh, he gets back in action. I think it's on the seventeenth. I want to yeah. say um, we've seen this guy go on like a goal per game pace and three weeks off. Do you remember how he shot out of a cannon after getting those two days off? Which, yeah. I mean, imagine That's three weeks, I mean. right? Gets fully healthy. That knee's good to go. Whatever you know, other nagging injuries that's kind of been around him that is now probably hopefully healed up at that point yeah i mean i think he could go on a, a tear down the stretch and you know surpass willie that shooting percentage is still lower than than what it should be so you still expect to see some more goals start to fall here for for austin matthews and let's say in these six games nylander goes out and you know he only gets yeah i mean only but like let's say he gets three goals I mean, I don't think six goals is a, a big enough goal, lead yeah. for him not to to catch up and surpass Willie. So I'm I'm actually gonna I'm gonna go bad call. I, I got faith. Austin comes back and Austin can get it done. I like it. Okay. The also I hope that Matt Cross didn't hear me call Whispering Angel my favorite bottle of rosé because it's, it's I don't know if it's up to our TSN 1050 Sennelier <laughs> standards. I think he appreciates when people have like I would assume this is a rather less expensive bottle of wine like for me when i buy myself a bottle of whispering angel i'm treating myself it is a 28 dollar bottle oh okay i'll say that with Maybe confidence and class that. like i'm some sort of <laughs> sommelier um anyways you respect it oh gosh i wish it was somewhere and i was having rosé somewhere ab um the maple leaf should focus on adding a forward at the deadline over a blue liner Oh, God. We've gone back and forth on this so much this year. No, but the thing is, this one is like... Uh, 
I don't feel like I should have to choose. Right? Do you feel like you should have to choose? Because it sounds like, well, for all intents and purposes... Ultimately, we do, it doesn't matter what we think. No, 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 I know. Realistically, it's Kyle Dubas that needs to choose. Sorry, right? but what I meant more there... From, what I meant more there is that we've heard from CJ, we've heard from... Obviously, I'm talking about our TSN Hockey Insider, yeah. Chris Johnson. We've heard from Darren Dreger that there's no reason to think that they won't target both. But which one would I thought they... you were going to say, but we're playing a game right now, so pick what they need more. Well, that. Yes. Also, <laughs> let's not sit on the fence here. They can target both, but which one do you think is... Like, they can't get a top four and a top six. Uh-huh. They can go and get a couple of depth guys and satisfy both depth positions, but... You can't go out and spend money on a top six winger, but then also bring in a second, first pair defenseman. Like, that's not going to happen. That's fair. Right? I'm going top six forward then. I'm going with uh, heavy. I'm going with this magical unicorn person that we all talk about that I don't even know if it exists on the trade market. I'm going heavy, left side, winger who could grind in front of the net who will win all the battles on the boards and and feed the puck to the front of the net who will add a little sandpaper to the lineup come the postseason when scoring gets really hard to come by even for austin and mitch and and jt and willie who is he deliver him to to us at nine channel nine here in scarborough you want to list the 15 guys who are they no i'm kidding I mean, who is it? I don't know. I don't know. Up last week, Pavel Bushnevich yes. was one of those random off-the-board names yeah. that brought up last week. Craig has mentioned Lawson Krause yeah. as a potential option. So that's the like, guy. To me, that's the guy. And, and I think more, the more... Just not giving up Matthew Nyes for him. No. No, I no, don't no, think no, no, so. That was what Craig said. And we're like, no, 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 Craig. I'm sorry. I'm not willing to do that one. But it, that would be a great option. I don't know. Like, yeah. as a player, he fits the mold of what you're looking for. Depending on the price, obviously. You're not selling the farm for Lawson Kraus. But he does fit the mold of what the Maple Leafs want. Yeah. I also am going to good call this. I I think that a forward is is going to be the priority. More so because I have faith in what the blue line is. Like, when TJ Brody comes back into this lineup, things kind of just unfolded perfectly. Like, you look at this, this, these three pairs now. You've got Riley and Brody who went back together and, you know, they're, they're magic like PB and J. Right? Yeah, nice. You've got Gio and Hall, who you know we've seen the success that they had when the injuries arose, and they got put into higher spots in the lineup. Now you got them in a second pair, you know, defensive zone, you know, just play a real steady defensive game. I think that they can do that. And then on the third pair, you've got your young Swedish pair with Timothy Lilligren and Rasmus Sandin, and all of a sudden, I like what we got on all three pairs. I think there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of everything there. And, you know, do you want a little bit more sandpaper? Maybe, but I would probably prefer to prioritize a bit more goal scoring than a tad more sandpaper on the blue line. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. But this fun stat also on uh, Lilligren: I think he's gone twelve straight games without allowing a goal at five on five. Wow! Yeah, has been on the ice. And the crazy part about that too is he's been all over the place. Like part of those twelve games, he was on a pairing with Morgan Riley. Part of those twelve games, he was with Mark Giordano. And then the last couple of games, uh, or last game he was with Rasmus Sandin. Yeah. So like, it doesn't matter who his partner is. He just goes out there and he plays his game. I, I mean, I've been very impressed with Timothy Lilligren this season. Very impressed. And for him to be this team's you know, third-pair defense, with along with Sandin, who have, I believe I checked it yesterday, um, among defensive pairs with 
250 minutes, I, I want to say, the best expected goals rating in the entire NHL. Unreal. Among defensive pairs. So favorable minutes, we'll say that. Third pair, favorable yep. minutes, right? But still, you know, th- those are the minutes you're going to get in the playoffs, too. You know, they're not gonna they're not gonna put Lilligren and Sandine up against Damco and Point. Like yeah. that's 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 not what's gonna happen. So um yeah, I, I just I have more faith in the blue line now, which is crazy considering where I was maybe two months ago. So I believe four would probably be where Yeah, uh, still wouldn't mind a little depth back there just in case of injuries and Gosh, it's going to be interesting. Like, Dreg's brought up to see what happens with Jake Muzzin here and what, what that situation yeah, allows for cap-wise. It does sound like Muzzin, it's it's not going to happen for him this year. We Darren Dreger would not come here on our radio waves and, and allude to that if he didn't, I don't think, believe that it yeah. probably doesn't sound like Jake like, Muzzin's going to be back. It is very unfortunate. Cause, so good in the playoffs last year, even after a tough regular season. Yeah, like, but even just that just loss. means that this is clearly an injury and, and you know his health is not at a hundred percent which you don't want to say like from a, a personal Human, standpoint yeah. you know it's really unfortunate that he's you not made me sound to, like uh, a real dirt bag there yeah, you're just a robot you it's really okay a real sound like a dirt bag real robot <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i mean obviously we we hope that he's you know his health is best going forward but it sounds as though um probably not gonna end up being a maple leaf for the rest of this year uh, why don't we do one after dark? I think we got to hit a bit of a break here. So we'll save a couple of these uh, for the other side. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tichere. You'll listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. This is Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Time for unsupervised play. What? That's our vibe, baby. Right. 12 to 2 every day. Me and you chilling here. Unsupervised play. We're rugrats? We're just little rugrats <laughs> in the hockey world. Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards. Available for purchase at Petro Canada. The perfect gift for any occasion. Well, speaking of rugrats, I threw a little tantrum a second ago. You did. You witnessed You were it. slamming your hands and fists. You threw your pen. What's going on? I believe my hands were on my head, and I was just really upset. Um, Bo Horvat will be wearing number 14 for the New York Islanders, and I don't know why, but I really don't like that. That's really troubling for you. <laughs> it really <laughs> He's is. He's number 53. Always will be. Always will be to me, and it's 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 weird that he's going to be rocking 14. Oh, Casey Sezekis is 53 on the island. I thought maybe there could be some sort of trade-off, but no, it looks like Sezekis gave him the Heisman and said, no, pal, take a lap. Get your own number. Yeah, I think lost in this whole thing and Bo Horvat and, and the Canucks trade and, and the way it was kind of um, unceremoniously done almost because he was on the way out all season. We've all been waiting for this to fall. That guy meant a lot to Vancouver. He meant a lot to the fan base it, yeah. it's a sad day for them probably oh absolutely he's, he's the team's captain yeah and he's right? been fabric of that organization since he came to the league he was always longest tenured canuck that they had yeah right? he's kind of been a bright spot in this in this last technically like era of canucks hockey that's been tragic he's he's been a bright spot yeah he's been through he's been through the mud he's been through the gauntlet <laughs> and he's handled it all with class he's yeah. he's he's a great character yeah so i mean good luck in in new york you know hopefully he does well there and and can parlay himself into a very lucrative contract good ontario boy nice. southern ontario kid um no good luck good luck in the island i think they play too like canucks and islanders they play in like two weeks so that should be a fun uh, fun game. 
All right, let's uh, let's do one more after dark. Here. Okay, okay a good Which call back call after dark. I want to do this one. So the Maple Leafs have nine games in the month of February. Short <laughs> month, short month, yep. short schedule. Based off of the strength of schedule, which I'll explain in a second, Toronto should win at least seven of the nine games. So they should pick up 14 of a possible uh, 18 points here in the month of February. So they play the Bruins, Columbus twice, the Blackhawks twice, the Canadians, the Sabres, the Wild, and the Kraken. What do you think? Um... Uh, so Walk me through your process. What's going you on? You know in your head exactly here. what's going on in my head right now. Yeah, Boston's an L. No, no. The Canadians are an L. Oh. The Sabers are an L. <laughs> Columbus is probably an L. Oh, There's probably lots of the black. Like no, Boston is not the scary team to me uh, on this schedule because what because Matthews. I just know that the Leafs will get up for that game. They'll yeah. get up for that game. They'll play hard for that game. Yeah, they've been they've been good without Austin Matthews. We talked in the first block about how William Nylander elevates his, and when he's out and has elevated all year long. Regardless, I'm not scared of the Bruins. I'm scared of it being the dog day, the true dog days of the season in February, and the Leafs not getting up for the second time they play Columbus in a month. It'll be back to back games right when they return off of a vacay. But they'll both be in the same spot. That's the thing. They'll both be in that exact same spot, but there could be some rustiness. Maybe we see Joe Wall that weekend. I'm going good call. They'll get seven wins. They'll get seven wins. You were just making the case for a, a bad call, and all of a sudden now you're flipping gears here. Oh, you asked call? what was going on in my head. I was right. battling with the idea, battling but I think the they'll team. pick up. I think they'll pick up seven wins. I, I'd like to think they've they've started to make easier work of teams that should be quick work. Yeah, and then you saw what happened on Friday. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then you see them lose 6-2 to the gosh darn Senators. And you're yeah. like, so what am I looking at now, boys? Um, I'm going to go bad call. Okay. I'm going to say bad call. I think that, that game tomorrow against the Bruins, like this is a, a club that's lost three in a row. They've, they've got something to prove out here. Like, hey, we got to stop this kid now. Yeah. Like, they, they've got to stop this kid. So I think they go in, and, and, and I think that they beat an Austin Matthews list um, Toronto Maple Leafs team, you know, there's potential that Toronto could be already looking towards Cabo, looking towards Miami. So I, I, I you know, tomorrow could be a tough one for uh, for the Maple Leafs. And like you said, all, the Kraken's a good team. Yeah. The Sabers are a good team. The Wilds are a good team. Like there's some there's some quality teams here. Yeah, you got Columbus, the Blackhawks, and Canadians. Like those teams come right right away. Like you got all five of those games right out of the gate here to to start your. You know, second half of the season post All Star break should be able to win those games, but uh, are you going to be able to win all the other games? And then you're assuming you can win all of those five games. You might lose one, unfortunately. Yeah. So I think if they win six out of nine games, they probably will be happy with a six sixty six win percentage. So I'll uh, I'll 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 no call it uh, bad call it and say. Six wins. Six okay. wins seems seems doable. All right, we got to fly. Uh, we'll come back and we'll tee up tomorrow's game against the Boston Bruins. We're going to be live down at Scotiabank Arena. Big day for that one. It'll be a big, big day. day. Big day, absolutely. So join us back here tomorrow at noon. That does it for us today. If you missed it, you can find it on TSN 1050, the iRadio app, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano for Julia Teixeira. You've been listening to Leafs Launch Gameplay with Matt Cause next.